Welcome back to Forward Progress, your source for NFL betting powered by the Hammer Betting Network and Pinnacle Sportsbooks. As a reminder, we're using prices today from Pinnacle. It's the world's sharpest sportsbook and available to bettors in Ontario. Find out what professional bettors have known for decades. Pinnacle is where the best bettors play. Must be 19 plus in Ontario. Please play responsibly. Not available in the U.S. I'm your host, G-Stack George. Today, we're previewing the NFC East, and I'm joined by Fabian Zuma, Jeff Feinberg, and the Hitman, and we're going to break down this division and everything you need to know about it. And I want to start off with the team that went to the Super Bowl and won the division. The Philadelphia Eagles caught some people by surprise last year and ended up one fourth quarter away from being Super Bowl champions. Are they more likely to continue that success or regress a little? Jeff, I'll start with you. I mean, I guess the landscape probably will allow them to continue that success. You look at the schedule, they're favored in 14 of their 17 games. They're so good that they probably have room for some level of regression. Even if you don't believe Jalen Hurts is that good, there is level of, you know, um, you know, may, they can allow for some regression and be great. They lost some guys on defense, but they seem to do outstanding at the draft. Even the guys they got last year didn't need to play major roles. They'll be able to step in. It was a draft class people really liked. People like this year's. No secret to the coaching staff uh, going through some major upheaval, but they don't really have uh, many challengers, especially in the conference. Uh, Zuma, when you're factoring in the Eagles and you're handicapping them, uh, how much concern do you have with two new coordinators calling plays for them? There's at least some concern. I mean, the offense is basically returning 10 of 11 starters, uh, only one change along the offensive line with a rookie potentially playing a right guard, but this should still be the best offensive line in football, I think. Um, I think there is a uncertainty factor in the sense that um, that offense caught the league by storm and eventually like all 31 DCs will look at the film and uh, try to figure out some ways to maybe stop the Eagles or to contain them a, a little bit more, which is probably some factor for a potential regression. I, th I still think that the offense will be completely fine next year, but they might need to do some fine tuning and to maybe throw, throw a few change ups if defenses are ready for a few of their concepts. And on the other side, um, I don't really know what to expect from Sean Desai with that defense. They lost a few starters uh, for sure, but but it's still a very talented unit overall, a good defensive line. I think they are, they are um, extremely weak over the middle of the field at a linebacker and safety. Um, cornerback uh, shouldn't be much of an issue, but I think offenses will figure out ways of how to attack that middle of the field or how to attack those those safeties and linebackers. And in the middle of their defensive line, I mean, there are some big rookie names or second-year names, but those guys are still young and might need some uh, some time to develop. Yeah, there, there's something to be said about, like, coming under the radar, surprising people, and then riding a really good season. But the truly great teams, like, can do it year after year when everybody's ready to give you their best shot. Hitman, I want to talk about the betting line because this number has moved from plus 100 to minus 136 for the Eagles to win the division. Like, do you think there's still some value at that number or do you think it's actually heading in the wrong direction? I would say at that number, it, it's maybe headed in the wrong direction. It's nothing to do with the Eagles. Really, I think they're a loaded, they're a loaded roster, especially in the trenches. 
I mean, will they have a little bit of a setback off the guys they lost on defense and the coordinators? Maybe a small one. And, and last year, they obviously did face the easiest schedule in the entire NFL. So did they look a little bit better last year than they are? Maybe a little bit, but it's a really good team. But pr probably the next team we're going to get to is the team that I think is a little bit closer to them and it's not really being priced that right now and that would be dallas so i would say that the number is maybe moving a little bit in the wrong direction just because i am uh higher on the cowboys this year than market so tell me at yeah, plus 199 that dallas is a team you're looking to bet to win the division yeah uh, i have a lot of um exposure to dallas this year on regular season wins i think the division's not a bad bet i've bet them nfc at earlier prices super bowl and i think that was the only team i bet this year on a super bowl price um it, the, the roster is just absolutely loaded and uh, the play caller is a concern i will admit that with brian schottenheimer now taking over for kellen moore and i don't know what mike mccarthy's influence is going to be on that. I know that a lot of us were concerned with their off-season quotes about we're not trying to be the number one scoring offense. We want to run the ball more. That was a little concerning. But at the end of the day, it's an offense that when Dak Prescott has been in the lineup the last three years, they finished in points per game, one, one, and two. They've added Brandon Cooks. Michael Gallup is now a year removed from that ACL surgery. Tony Pollard getting a lot of Ezekiel Elliott's carries is going to be a positive for this team. On defense, you added Stephon Gilmore to go across Trevon Diggs. You have a really good front four that added a first-round defensive tackle in the draft with a good defensive coordinator as well in Dan Quinn. So uh, I just think that this Dallas team on paper – as, is, as long as Dak stays healthy, which has been a little bit of an issue the past few years. But on paper, I think that this Dallas team is closer to the Eagles than the market uh, says they are. All right, Jeff, are you buying that? Like Dallas didn't go out and make a lot of moves, but they were very calculated. They said, we need a receiver, we need a cornerback. And they went and got Brandon Cooks and Stephon Gilmore, two guys who can contribute right away, who are closer to 30. Have they closed the gap to Philly in your mind? I believe so. Um, I do agree with most of, of what Hitman said in his assessment. I'm not holding any Super Bowl tickets or conference champion tickets on them, but I do believe the price probably isn't truly reflective of it. And a lot of, you know, Dal a lot of Dallas's problems of probably being over exaggerated in the media, as is, you know, the good and the bad that happens all the time when it comes to Dallas. And, you know, this might take i might take some flack for this but hitman also mentioned the eagles schedule last year and then when you consider their super bowl run schedule i mean maybe there still is an unknown about this team that you know you think that they showed it over the entire season that they were probably as good as their record was but i think they were probably overinflated quite a, a bit so i'm here with dallas i like them to make the playoffs wild card all that stuff, even win the division, I don't mind. There is one Dallas prop that I do like. It's it's long-term, and it, it doesn't pay a ton, but it is Dallas over total point. Uh, sorry, Dallas under total points, 431 and a half. This is about 22 points less than they scored all of last year, but without Kellen Moore there, 
I really do believe the philosophical change, well, they could be just as good and win even more. Uh, I really like that one a lot. So that'd be my favorite Dallas prop, but I'm pro Dallas as is Hitman. Uh, Zuma, are you buying into that uh, new coaching uh, manifesto of let's run the ball more? Uh, the quotes from Mike McCarthy hiring Brian Schottenheimer. Are you expecting Dallas to you know really gear down their offense and, and try to win games uh, running the ball? I don't um, because, um, I mean, if we look at what Russell Wilson has done at, at, at Denver and we think about how well he played under Brian Scottenheimer, I mean, I might owe some apologies to that guy. And um, also um, Seattle was, I think, one or two seasons where they were extremely pass-heavy on early downs with Russell Wilson, which worked out pretty well. Um, and... Um, Dallas is hiring a ton of analytics people into the building. And I'm I'm not sure that you spend all those resources on those guys if you don't actually listen to them when when it's all said and done. Um, that, that offense, in my opinion, is set up so well. I, I, I wouldn't say that they only get Brent Cooks, but they also get Michael Gallup to that offense because last season Michael Gallup played coming off that ACL injury and he was a shell of his former self. Um, and I think, historically speaking, wide receivers usually need one full season after their ACL injury to really get back to their previous level of play. Uh, Dak threw 15 interceptions last year, and if you if you go through all of those interceptions, you can make the case that seven or eight of them directly go to the faults of his receivers like Dalton Schultz, Michael Gallup dropping passes right into the hands of opposing defenders. Dalton Schultz was also playing through two separate PCL injuries and in his left or right knee. Uh, Mike Gallup was a shell of his former self. And then the other guy he was throwing to was Noah Brown. So he, he basically only had C.D. Lamb as a very healthy, competent wide receiver. And this year he's throwing to Lamb, healthy Michael Gallup and Brendan Cooks. Um, not sure how good they will be at tight end with rookie Luke Schoolmaker, but it's still a, a top eight, top six-ish offensive line. Um, great receiving corp, uh, Dak Prescott. I think I'm still higher on than market or public perception in general, and I'm not really that down on Brian Scott. And I'm SDOC, I'm pretty high on Dallas. Yeah, you talk about Dak's numbers, it, it's so like clear that uh, he, he suffered from a lot of bad luck. Like, he's top five in like EPA per play, he's top five in completion percentage over expectation and QBR. and uh, and frankly, like his turnover worthy percentage versus how many picks he actually threw was a lot. There was a big skew there. Um, Hitman, if you're if you're buying Zuma's uh, talks about, you know, throwing the ball and unleashing Dak a little is is Dak Prescott one of those dark horse MVP plays? And I know this is a curveball because I didn't put it on the list. But do you think Dak is one of those uh, dark horse MVPs, especially if he can lead Dallas to maybe the number one seed in the NFC? Yeah, anytime I'm high on a team to get a lot of wins and be an NFC Super Bowl contender, you're, you're going to look towards the quarterback. Hey, the quarterback's probably going to have a chance. So I don't hate it. I also don't hate a Micah Parsons, Defensive Player of the Year, 7-1 to one or so, because there's a lot of talk about Parsons is going to be rushing the passer more this season, which could get a lot more of those counting stats to help him win that award. So yeah, anytime I think that there's going to be a lot of team success, you, you can also look in towards those markets for the individual success, like an MVP or a defensive player of the year. 
Sure. Jeff, I want to take one more swipe at Dallas and Philly here just because I feel like they're the true two contenders in this division. The NFC, we often talk about the power imbalance. Uh, does this division have two of the three best teams in the NFC, and is it clearly the two of the top three teams? Yeah, I mean, they, there just isn't much uh, red meat on the bone in the NFC. I I agree. I see both of these teams as legitimate Super Bowl contenders. And sure, I mean, maybe you could make a case for multiple teams. You could stretch, you know, Seattle into a conversation. But I don't know what other division you could say that about. So it kind of goes without saying. And, I mean, I'll put it on a, on a tee, but... I, like many, am so down on the Giants this year that I don't think they play into this division race at all, which makes me in some way not hate the numbers available on either the Eagles or the Cowboys, if that's your decision. All right, let's talk about the Giants. Zuma, uh, Jeff's not high on the Giants. The markets are also not high on them. Um, Are they being underrated or properly rated by the market right now? Tough to say. Um... I think that Giants will probably take a step down in terms of what what we have, what we have seen last year, but in general, I'm still very high on that coaching staff, and they have, and they are playing in a very weak conference overall. But there is still a major gap, in my opinion, between the Eagles, Cowboys, and the Giants in that division. All right, Hitman, can you make a bull case for the Giants to win the division? If not, then what is their ceiling? I can't. Um... I when the when the openers on the season wins came out, Giants under eight and a half was a play that I liked quite a bit. It's at seven and a half now, and that's probably what I that's what I think it should be. So I think that the market's correct in saying that this is a team that's probably going to finish under five hundred. Um, I agree with Suma. I really do like the coaching staff, especially Brian Dable, but it's still a team that just, in my opinion, doesn't have the talent to compete with teams like the Eagles and Dallas Um, offensively. They really still don't have a number one pass catching weapon. I know some people think that Darren Waller's going to be that guy, but I'm not as high on Waller as some people were, especially a few years ago with him, the receiver. It's kind of just a plan. I'll put a bunch of guys together and hope, hope somebody hits, but it's really not, a receiving room that has a number one or maybe even a number two yeah. wide receiver. And then their defense last year, despite having one of the easiest schedules in the league, would finish 28th in EPA. So for me, not much Giants love. Yeah. In fact, it kind of feels like there's like 11 number three receivers on this team. And like, and they kept signing all these like middle tier receivers and I couldn't figure out what the hell they're doing. Uh, Jeff, what about Daniel Jones? Um, People say he took a step last year against the Vikings. He looked really good in the playoffs. Uh, didn't last long because the next week Philly embarrassed him. Does Daniel Jones take another step forward? Is there another level to his game? The Giants certainly hope so. Um, I guess that's just maybe the what all median quarterbacks with some unknown of a ceiling can get paid these days. That's the best case scenario for the Giants is that he does take another step forward. But guess what? He could be in for a world of hurt. And it's maybe low-hanging fruit to pick on the guy. But that entire division is loaded with those defenses. They're all in the top 10. They cross over with the AFC East. Those are four defenses that I think are going to be outstanding. So it's going to be time after time 
uh, they're going to have to prove it. Outside of their defensive line, I don't love any unit on this team. You know, if Saquon's not going to be 100% all in, here's another little thing to go on that the Giants, I know it's easy to pick on their regression. It's almost a guarantee that the team that wins coach of the year, the coach that wins coach of the year the year before because expectations were so low, it does not end up being able to match the expectations or the new expectations created by overachieving in the previous year. The Giants are, they're, they're in trouble. They're in trouble. I, I mean, the juice is kind of, even to them to miss the playoffs is now flirting with minus 200. So to your first question on to, 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 to Fabian, maybe that the steam has gotten like two out of hand. Maybe so, but I have no interest in still picking on them to, to recap, to re to repeat last year. All right. Um, let's move on to the last team in the division. Uh, Zuma, the Washington Commanders, will probably be doing another name change next year. Look like they're going into the season with Sam Howell as their starter. Uh, is there a huge range of outcomes for them because of the unknown of what he is? Or are you not buying the, uh, this absolute monster uh, right tail uh, outcome for them? I don't really buy into that. Um, sure, there is some chance that Sam Howell might be good, but even if he's good, you are still dealing with a bad offensive line and um, two other juggernauts uh, within your division. I also think that Eric Bianomi going to Washington doesn't move the needle for me as much because I was really high on Scott Turner last year. I think that he was a really, really good play caller for, for the commanders. And now you're looking at Sam Howell. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but late in the season, Sam Howell wasn't even active on game days. So they did not think that he could be the uh, backup to uh, Taylor Heineke. And that's probably a, a major red flag to me. So we got Sam Howell, which we have a low prior on behind a maybe bottom four, bottom three offensive line. Uh, with a play caller change that is um, overrated um, in the media or by experts, in my opinion. So um, I actually like Terry McLaurin and uh, Jahan Dodson, but I can't really see a lot of paths for the commander's offense to be to be good or to be even average um, next year. And when we look at the defense, yes, they were really good last year, but we know that defense is not really sticky and I don't like their secondary at all. Like when we look at their at their secondary, there's only Kendall Fuller, and that's it. Like Cameron Curl, Derek Forrest, Jeremy Reeves, and then we have two rookies, Emmanuel Forbes and Jatavius Martin. And when you have to bank on two rookies to lead your secondary, that's always a a a recipe for not having a lot of success. So um, that defensive line is really really good on paper. Chase Young might have a bounce back season, but the best defensive line in, in football is only worth so much if your secondary cannot cover. And if you put everything together, I don't really see how the commanders are going to have a successful season. All right, Hitman, uh, we talked about Sam Howell is the guy for how long uh, remains to be seen. They signed Jacoby Brissett as the backup. He's in the wings. This is a coaching staff that maybe uh, isn't the most secure, and they probably need some wins this year. Are there um, any season-long props on Sam Howell yet? Uh, if so, are, are you attacking? Uh, are you attacking those numbers? 
No, if there was, I probably would have bet some of them off the board by just pounding unders. And the reason is, is you're not going to get many props up with quarterbacks that are extremely fragile and how long they're going to play. It, I'm pretty confident in saying that Hal will be the week one starter, but we touched on this. Ron Rivera is on the hot seat this year, and it could be very realistic that if Hal does not play well in the first four or five weeks, that they're going to make a desperate change to, to Jacoby Brissett. And I think that it's a team that you could see this team kind of you could see, I, I could see them collapsing towards the end of the year. And like the, the new owner, it was the owner of the Philadelphia 76ers, who we all remember they were essentially tanking in the NBA with the process. Now, I mean, obviously players don't tank, but I wouldn't be surprised if things do, do go bad. That just organizationally, they kind of throw the towel in on, on this season and they start looking towards next year's draft, which is supposedly a pretty loaded quarterback draft class. So if things don't go well for Washington early in this season, I think that it, it could get bad towards the end of the year. Jeff, are you surprised Ron Rivera hired Eric Bieniemy, like who could be his replacement in waiting? Like, is there, is there a world where we, the week one is Sam Howell and Ron Rivera and week 17 or 18 is Jacoby Brissett and Eric Bieniemy? I mean, that is all very possible. And to sort of pick up on everything that's been said, uh, while I'm probably higher on this team than most, I would argue that they might have the largest range of outcomes, certainly of anyone in this division, in my opinion. To Hitman's point, if it bottoms out, things are going to get ugly there. Uh, you know, Rivera, the rah-rah, well, they won't tank on purpose, but the atmosphere there wouldn't be surprised if they are maybe in that hunt for, for a top pick. But on the flip side, you know, some new life with some play calling and with the offense and Biennemi, and we love all the weapons there. So many receivers, the backfield with Robinson and Gibson, they can have a lot of fun and be pretty entertaining. And maybe that's the case that they're going to be a very underrated, like fun offense to watch. Maybe I'm asking way too much of Sam Howell here. Range of outcomes for me here is as big as almost any team in the conference. Wouldn't be shocked if they competed, but if they bottomed out, that seems like it's very plausible. All right, let's go to the win totals and take a look at the board. Uh, Philadelphia is at 10 and a half wins. The over is juiced to the minus 179. The under is plus 150. Dallas is at nine and a half wins. The over is juiced to minus 172. The under is plus 144. The Giants at eight and a half wins. The over is plus 193. The under is juiced to minus 232. In Washington, six and a half. The over is plus 120. The under is minus 143. Everybody's favorite segment, forced bets. Zuma, if you were forced to make a bet on these four teams and these eight outcomes, which one would you be doing? Well, that was really tough with that division because of because of all the Jews. Um, I don't disagree with all the uh, line moves at all. I, if I had to make one, it would probably be the Commanders under six and a half minus one thirty eight. But it was really hard to 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 choose one in this division. All right, Hitman. What about you? It would be Dallas over. I think that Dallas should be priced at least pretty equal to the 49ers in market. So, and the Niners, although it's a different schedule, obviously they're at a win total right now. That's at 11. 
in some spots. So I think that Dallas over nine and a half would be my play. What about you, Jeff? What What's your forced bet in this division? Yeah, based on the current numbers at Pinnacle, I would uh, I'd copycat that Dallas play, and I'd be asking them when they're going to release alternate totals so I can pick on the Giants. Yeah, I want to pick on the Giants as maybe finishing fourth in the division. Uh, if you buy a little bit of Washington's tail and a little bit of the Giants' floor, uh, you can get near plus 300 for that outcome, and I think that's quite interesting. Um, let's do one more force bet. Pinnacle says to you guys, hey, you get $500 free roll. Philadelphia to win the Super Bowl is plus 792. Dallas is plus 1541. The Giants is plus 4765. And if you're a maniac, Washington is plus 10496. Um, if you were forced and you got a little free play, who would you put your money on, Zuma? Uh, so the Super Bowl odds are currently down for me. Can you um, repeat the Dallas odds? Dallas is plus 1541. Philly's plus 792. And if you want the other two, uh, check your temperature. <laughs> Dallas without a doubt. Yeah. Uh Hitman, you've already uh played them. Uh would you still play Dallas uh over Philly? You said Dallas was fifteen to one, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I bet Dallas at seventeen to one to win the Super Bowl, and that was the only Super Bowl bet that I made this entire season so far. So yeah, at fifteen to one, uh Dallas would be my play. And Jeff, what about you? For uh, free play, five hundred dollars. Who would you put your future on? Yeah, there's not. I, I'm not really going to be devil's advocate or get creative here. It just I get my playoff team, and I'm double the eagle odds. So it would be Dallas. All right, uh, that is the division preview, the NFC East, right here on Forward Progress. This was Hitman Jeff Feinberg and Zuma. Make sure you're subscribed to the channel. Please leave us a note telling us what you agreed and disagreed with today. This has been Forward Progress right here on the Hammer Betting Network.